0: Another edition of the Week Din Update. I'm your host, Will Walker, and I'm joined every week by John Craft. How's it going, John? It's going well. Good to be here. It was a good week of Grizzlies basketball again. Sure was. And we are actually, this is the first time we are recording right after a game ends. We just both watched the Memphis Grizzlies take down the Washington Wizards on a mid afternoon, early evening Sunday matinee slash. You know, early evening victory, and they're actually going to be playing the Wizards next week at the exact same time. So it's not deja vu. We're just playing them twice in a row, (laughs) but we're going to bring you uh, our analysis from that game in a little bit more detail uh, soon. But we're going to start like we do every week with the news.
1: So, one of the things, and we kind of missed this, but we're catching up. So, Danny Green, as uh, you know, we went from wondering if he was going to even make the team to now is he going to be a trade ship? To now is he going to be someone who's uh, going to be a major contributor at the end of the season? Uh, to finding out that he is going to join ESPN as a part-time analyst while he's recovering from his injury, and he actually uh, got a little time on the Grizz broadcast against Charlotte. Uh, but it's very interesting again uh, having having a player. This kind of reminds me of like the Vince Carter and other times when we had a player come and um, uh, kind of be uh, get to do some media stuff as they're recovering from an injury. Uh, but Danny green's going to do that. And that should be interesting to see him uh, be part of that.
0: Yeah. And to me, you know, it, I feel like Danny green is the outlier on this team. He's not, I mean, he is at the very back end of his career and he's wanting to start to think about his, his life after basketball. And, and, Judging from the broadcast on Friday night, I think he's going to do an awesome job here. And the fact that he is injured is is unavailable. It's not as if he is, you know, playing a game and then the next day appearing on an ESPN show. Like he is, he is fully on the shelf for the Grizzlies. So I have a, you know, normally this would be a question of, you know, is there a split, uh, splitting time? Are you spending too much time watching other teams and not? spending not enough time on your own team and fostering this environment. But since he's injured, um, I feel like this is this is going to be totally cool. It's going to be interesting to see him. I hope he doesn't necessarily have to speak like on the Grizzlies and have to give some opinion at some point that uh, we have to talk about on the podcast about whether we should care or not, if he's being too honest. But uh, overall, yeah, I think this the, is the, a cool move. Yeah,
1: the Grizzlies have been refreshingly um, drama-free. It's been a very drama-filled NBA year um, with, of uh, with other teams. And, um, in fact, sometimes I'm upset. We're not talking enough about the actual, uh, basketball on the court because of all the drama going on with a lot of other teams in the league, but hopefully Dan Green is not a, not a cause of any of that. So
0: on November 2nd, the Memphis Tigers actually announced that they will retire and Wright's jerseys. This is more Grizzlies adjacent news since and Wright, uh, played for the Memphis Grizzlies and, and lived here in Memphis. So that's a really cool move, uh, by, by the Tigers. You'll, you'll get to see uh, Wright's Jersey in the rafters, uh, since that both the Tigers and the Grizzlies share FedEx forum.
1: Yeah, and that's fun. And I said on a, I think on our live podcast, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about him being one of my favorite players in the early Grizzlies years when I was, I had grown up as a Memphis Tigers fan, still a Memphis Tigers fan, but, uh, but obviously, um, uh, much more into the Grizzlies these days, and so uh, that's fun
0: news um, for one of my favorite Grizzlies players. He still holds the record for uh, the number of rebounds in a single game with twenty six. That record still stands. That was set back in two thousand one. Yeah,
1: we the a game we'll talk about that happened this week. That record probably could have been broken if it wasn't such a blowout, but uh, we'll get there.
0: <laughs> Speaking of, on later that day on November second, we actually had. Um, a few injuries that were upgraded from uh, questionable to active. I just wanted to make a note of this because you know we had only seen questionable go down to out, but we saw S- Steven Adams with the jaw injury, Desmond Bain with the right ankle, and Jake Laravia with that illness all upgraded to active prior to the Portland Trail Blazers game, and we needed them for sure. Yes, we definitely needed them, and
1: I'm hoping I I want I don't want the uh, the questionable. To be the new doubtful. I want questionable to be the probably active. Yep. So hopefully that, that trend will continue. Um, and then on November 4th, uh, Taylor Jenkins reported uh, before the game that Jaron Jackson Jr. has been playing three-on-three on the road trip and is expected to play five-on-five uh, in this homestand. So hopefully he's playing five-on-five uh, today and yesterday. And uh, that's very good news. And I think that you know it, it seems like when you're playing five-on-five with contact – it's basically at that point, do you feel good the next day? And then, uh, and then usually with the Grizzlies seeing you're just in good enough shape, uh, to like get out there on the court. And so hopefully that makes me feel like we should be seeing Jaron, um, as long as there's nothing happens within the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. Uh, my prediction was that he would come back actually this week on, on November 9th, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Uh, I hope it does happen still in November, though. I Mm -hmm. think uh, the earlier, the better, obviously, for this team, especially after a potential injury that happened tonight. And we'll be talking about that. Yes. Um, And finally, uh, yesterday, November 5th, the Grizzlies officially transferred Kenneth Lofton Jr. to the Memphis Hustle. uh, And the Hustle season actually started uh, last Friday night. And so uh, this is important because as two-way players, uh, Kenneth Lofton and... Uh, Vince Williams are only allowed to play in 50 regular season games for the Grizzlies and so you're going to see you're going to see them probably transfer it up and down a whole bunch and they have to basically announce it every single time but since this was the first transfer I just wanted to uh, to note it in our news because unfortunately we're not going to see Junior probably as much as we want.
1: And uh, people wanted it Friday night at the game. They were wanting him to play because it was a blowout. But uh, one, Tillman had not gotten a lot of play recently, so I think they wanted to give Tillman some run with the with the four with the four rooks. But then, um, and also it makes sense because I do think they're they would be nervous. Um, I think they're hoping that we have a lot of blowouts in the future that and that Lofton gets a lot of playing time as the season. It's a long season, uh, and so fifty games is not that much when we have about when we have seventy two left. So. Uh, so that's the only reason he didn't play Friday.
0: Yep, and just to get to a few numbers before we dive into the uh, Wizards game, the Grizzlies now are sitting at 7-3. and three. That's tied for second in the Western Conference. That's tied for fourth in the NBA. Note that we are recording prior to the Jazz and Clippers game, and right now we currently have the same record as the Utah Jazz. So we could be either second or third in the conference, depending on what happens tonight. I'm um, kind
1: of hoping that, even though you know, I like being up in the standings, I kind of hope the Jazz uh, get the get the Clippers another loss. Oh, even though it that might push great. it down the standings
0: momentarily, but so go Jazz. <laughs> we're we're in it for the long game uh, with with the Jazz and the Clippers here. Yes, uh, offensive rating 114.8. That's good for seventh in the NBA. By the way, these offensive rating, defensive ratings are per NBA.com. That includes all minutes of every game. If you want to look at more of an analysis-friendly rating, that is from Cleaning the Glass, which we reference often on this podcast, and they filter out all of the garbage time. So for instance, they wouldn't have counted, uh, I believe it was the last 10 minutes of the Charlotte game since they had deemed that game over and that garbage time had begun. But for what it's worth, offensive rating according to NBA.com, like I said, 114.8. 7th in the NBA defensive rating at 113.6 that's up to 22nd in the NBA worth noting there uh and then net rating at 1.2 positive net rating 10th in the NBA and our point differential this is actually per cleaning the glass is 3.5 which is good for 8th in the NBA so that's the stats yeah John, and and, and just
1: yeah now the just because you know some people um especially if you're new listeners one of the reasons why I think offensive and defense efficiency is so important is kind of a general rule among among kind of like NBA people is you are a contender you're kind of an elite team and especially just a contender for the title if you're top 10 in both offense and defense and so I always think that that's you know and basically the teams that have won a title that's that have not been in the top 10 it's been like a Lakers team that was that that had won the year before and started really slow or it's been a team like the Pistons who are so far number 1 number 2 elite in one in defense that they can be sort of average offensively and so just it's a good way for us to check what you know where the Grizzlies are as far as contenders is is where we are in the top 10 and and if we're not in the top 10 one category are we elite
0: elite in the other one so. Absolutely and to me it's almost more interesting to see the jumps up and down week over week because mm-hmm. especially early in the season that has a lot to do with schedule a lot, it has even more to do with injuries throughout the year. So you can really map how the season went trend wise if you keep track of this, which is why we reference it yep. every week. Um, all right, John, let's get into the Wizards game. We're going to go backwards here. We usually start with the first game of the last week, but we're going to start with the last one since we just watched it. Um, what stuck out to you about the Wizards game? So,
1: yeah, so so quickly, I mean, what stuck out to me uh, was the first half was, uh, was very exciting because I felt like these last few weeks we've gotten into kind of the professional win, what we've seen from the Grizzlies last year mode, which is just coming out and kind of mashing teams and getting up. And and even this team, we started really slow. It felt like maybe we had still not set our clocks right from daylight savings time. Uh, so we got down 9 nothing. but then we sort of, I think, gathered ourselves and got out to a huge lead, a 23-point lead at one point. And so it kind of felt like that was a continuation uh, from the Charlotte game that's, that we were sort of doing what we do, which is just playing good defense, getting out on the break, and uh and just really um you know, just getting out to double digit leads pretty early on a team. Uh but unfortunately uh that didn't last. And then the second half we had an Adams injury, which we can talk about in a minute, and and just sort of it felt like we kind of were coasting on the first night of a back to back. Uh Jaw was missing a lot of shots he normally hits. Um I actually think that was a little bit about Porzingis. And and we were just missing, you know, we were missing a lot of shots. I think that were open. We just weren't hitting shots. We were missing a lot of layups. Uh, it was one of those kind of ugly second halves, and the Washington Wizards came uh, took advantage and came back and made it sort of a close game down the stretch till we finally pulled away.
0: Yeah, I think if you look quarter by quarter, it's really interesting because it was a one point Wizards advantage in the first and the fourth, and it was uh, a. Ace- 14 point uh, excuse me 15 point Memphis advantage in the second quarter and so that's when we were rolling and then Wizards come back go on a 17 nothing run in the third quarter and ended up winning that quarter by seven and so it was almost as if you know we could have foreseen the Grizzlies getting a few minutes off there in the fourth quarter kind of like they did in the Charlotte game and yet the starters had to come back in close out the game especially Ja I know that he had a frustrating night he he probably I don't know if he said this or not in his post game presser I didn't uh, take a look at that yet but uh, he had a lot of of calls that he felt like or or lack thereof that he right. he felt like could he could have gotten um, he's yeah. going to the paint against the seven three Porzingis right. it's it's not easy um, even though he got a few floaters above but this to me what stuck out the most was this is was was a prototypical Brandon Clark energy game um, I thought that he came back in. Uh, he came in, shot seven for eight from the field, and just was running up and down. And when everybody else looks sluggish, you know that Brandon Clark is going to come in, bring the energy, and um, he was a, a plus five in in his minutes, uh, which yeah. we needed every single one of them. Yeah,
1: this was a, I felt like this was one of those cl- classic bench games, too, of just that kind of Tyus and Brandon Clark coming in. And just providing that spark that really uh, kind of makes, you know, either gets the lead back or makes our lead much bigger. And so so that was exciting. apparently, and so I saw uh, right after the game, they were talking about how Brandon Clark's parents were in the house uh, tonight. And so now everybody wants to make sure uh, to give his parents more tickets to games (laughs) and get them living in Memphis uh, because Brandon was great tonight. He was definitely the player of the game.
0: Yeah, so Adams goes out uh, in the fourth quarter. Looks like he sprained his right ankle. Was limping on it, and he actually ended up coming back in. Yeah, the I was the game, which really surprised me. But it, <laughs> we needed him yes, badly. We did,
1: we did. It was it was funny that uh, I was I was watching the game. Uh, I told them I'd shout them out, uh, James Leslie and Summer. And I was saying I was groaning, and they were, uh, you know, telling me I was looking stressed because I was like, "Man, it looks like Adams." That's like one of those you're go, you're out a couple of weeks, and then they were laughing at me because literally a quarter later, Stephen Adams was was back in the game, and so that's – that only I think Stephen Adams might be one of the few people in the NBA to do that to his ankle and then come back later, and then like a just a regular season game, exactly. Uh, but no, definitely it was like he came back in the game, and Washington immediately stopped attacking the rim. Took. A bunch of threes, uh, which they were not. They're not good at at
0: all, and uh, and that really helped us. So yeah, he ref- and,
1: we definitely need him to come back in.
0: Uh, if if we didn't know it just by watching, if you look at the numbers, Tillman four minutes minus eight. I mean, it's tough out there for Xavier Tillman, and I mm-hmm. feel bad for him. I mean, at some level he himself has to just play better simply i mean he's yep. he's going to get opportunities i mean his minutes have dwindled and dwindled and dwindled mm-hmm. over time and he is an undersized um you know center for where we normally right. put him but at the same time you know it's you just feel bad for him still no. because he feel it feels like he can be a competent nba right. player um but in the minutes that he's had he hasn't he hasn't proven it
1: yeah i mean that it seems like everybody else on our team has improved year after year. And we think about him and and him in the play-in game against the Warriors, hitting that key three that put us in the playoffs, and just playing a great game against the Warriors in general. And you think about that, and then you think about him being out of the rotation most of last year. Although giving, at times, some decent playoff minutes uh, against the T-Wolves. But, yeah, he's been the one sort of sadness about this season so far as far as not really feeling like, oh, he's improved. Right from the previous couple and if, of years. if
0: you were a few inches taller, it'd be different, I think, because you had a guy like Daniel Gafford coming off the bench for Washington and act- mm-hmm. actually crushing us in his minutes. And normally he's a guy that you should be able to handle with a competent right. backup center who has the size and athleticism to guard him because he doesn't do anything necessarily special. Just he gets in front of X and can box him out pretty easily, just pin him down right. on, the, on the block. Um, I thought, you know, Dylan didn't shoot awesome this game. But he's going to be a storyline, I think, that we talk about later with the other games. Um, he also just kind of brought the energy on defense, and uh, we we were plus three in his minutes. Yeah, on and, the and honestly,
1: when when the game was tight late, he had a great and one. Um, well, first of all, at the end of the third quarter, he yep. came in and got a rebound and a putback, which I think really helped kind of gain back some momentum. And then late, he had a really great uh, three point play that I think gave us sort of that safe
0: cushion that we needed um, there last, you know, in the clutch time of the fourth quarter. Yeah, so. and um, Ja was holding his back a little bit near mm-hmm. the end of the game as well. I actually, walked back to the locker room at one point, came in, looked looked fine. He was closing the game pretty mm-hmm. well. I still missed a few shots, and um, you know, you like to maybe see Des get a little bit more involved. I think he was, um, you know, Ja is is one of the best closers in the league, and I don't mind the ball being in his, his hands every once in right. a while. But I think he was trying to force it a couple yes, times. And wish we could have seen Bain uh get yeah. a couple more looks.
1: I think that's one of uh one of the developments. I know that like Chris Harrington, some other people have talked about in the offseason about Jaw the playmaker uh coming back and not just Jaw the closer, Jaw the the scorer. And, you know, and not to say that, you know, I think that's gonna be hard with Jenkins and Jaw's his best player and trying to think through that, but but Bain is also a great uh, score in the fourth quarter. He's also a great clutch player, and I just on a night when Jaw obviously didn't have it, uh, it would have been nice. I mean, he did have the one where he got blocked, and luckily came up the ball and get, and passed it back to Bain, but mm. but it just would have. Been, I think it would have been nice to see Bain get more shots down the down the stretch. Uh, because I mean, again, I think he's playing, you know, and we'll talk about this more in the other games. I mean, I think Bane is playing at a, at a all-star level, honestly. And so I want to see him kind of gain more touches, especially on a night when Ja kind of didn't have it. Um, and then uh, along with that, you know, it kind of makes me thankful. I mean, we're never, the wizards are never going to be a team that matters to us being in the Eastern conference. Uh, but, but I think even going back that uh, for whatever reason, poor Playing do- drop coverage, uh, he plays against the Grizzlies well, and especially against Jaw. And I am honestly, as as you know, as someone who uh, wants us, uh, you know, to beat the Mavs, uh, I'm very glad that they traded him away. Hundred um, percent, because I think you know Porzingis is a problem for us for whatever reason. Um, obviously, we didn't have Jaron tonight, so it might have changed things uh, if we could have played Jaron at the five and brought Porzingis away from the rim. But
0: anyway. yeah, for what it's worth, I wanted to know two more things about this game. Uh, I was looking at. How in cleaning the glass, just five man lineups. How um, things are rating so far. Memphis actually has, in terms of point differential, the second best lineup um, uh, in the in the league right now. John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, Santi Aldama, and Stephen Adams um, have the second best positive uh, point differential. Actually, Washington has a lineup that's fifth. And it's Monte Morris, Bradley Beale, Denny Avdia, Kyle Kuzma, and Porzingis. And I think that them not having Beal tonight, it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I think that next Sunday, you know, he was in health and safety protocols. I don't know how long yeah. he's gonna be out, but that is one thing to note is they were missing their best player and yet it was still a six point game. So we definitely yeah. took our foot off the gas, I think. Yeah, and we I we th- can't I mean, do that next
1: week. I always I mean, I think that it is always weird when uh I always worry about Dylan when the star from the other team's missing, too, that he doesn't, you know, that just collectively his energy is a little different, which means our collective defensive energy is a little different. Uh, the other thing that uh, I know we're, you know, we just watched the game, but a lot of fun things happen. One thing is Laravia, uh closing the game I found very interesting. Hit two great threes, uh, two big threes in the first half. And uh, just the fact that, you know, our front office continues to amaze me. Uh, that they just throw our rookies in. They throw our rookies into the fire and let them do things like feel it out. Uh, Jenkins is like, yeah, sure, Laravia will close the game for us. Uh, very interesting. I mean, I, I know that late Aldama got beat on drives a couple times, and so maybe that was one of the reasons. Um, uh, because I think Ty always talks about how Laravia keeps people in front of them. That's one big thing he really does well. So, But anyway, but that was exciting to just see, again, like a rookie – uh, closing minutes, just something that I just didn't even think we were going to be thinking about this time. Uh, climbing, just plucking
0: year. <laughs> another shooter from the shooting tree that only he knows exists somewhere. <laughs> like he just can, so I mean, he can find them anytime he wants to. Uh, last thing I'll note: Ja has done this a few times this season. I just want to, I just want to throw it out there that it's something I noticed. He has done the fake dunk, come back down when gravity starts bringing him down, and then scooping. And I think one of the th- one of the reasons why he's able to do this so effectively is, number one, of course, people um, fear him as a great dunker. But the other thing is he's subtly getting an arm bar in on the big man and providing just like an extra inch of separation. I really hope they don't start calling it because no. he, is, he is about to master this new move where people are just going to go up with him thinking he's going to dunk. And he gets them in the air to the point where he can actually scoop it under their outstretched arms. Yeah. But he, he does get a little separation yeah. with that you, elbow. You definitely
1: so. saw Porzingis uh letting the refs know about it. Exactly. For sure so I'm hoping
0: game. we get a few more uh experiences like this uh <laughs> before the refs start calling it. So just putting that one out there a little bit. Okay. We had a really fun one against Charlotte on Friday night, an absolute blowout. You were in the building. Correct? I was. I was in the building. I was the atmosphere. I mean
1: the atmosphere is great. I mean that's you know, it was a Friday night, but a friday night playing charlotte in november that is like that's you know those are the games in the old days where it was like let's get on uh, seatgeek or stubhub and find you know a fifth row seat to watch uh, the grizzlies um, because they were going to be cheap, and man, it was the building was packed. I mean, it really it was showing the how without
0: Lamella Ball, without Lamella with Ball, yeah.
1: So Charlotte had no. I mean, they they did not have anybody kind of uh, you know as sort of an attractive person to come watch. And so I, I mean, it really it it made me feel that yes, you know the they have sold a lot of tickets, a lot of season tickets this year, and so that was exciting. I thought it was a great atmosphere, and uh, but it was one of those games where uh, three minutes into the game. Uh, my son, William, and I looked at each other and it was like, oh, this is going to be a good game for us. Uh, one, I think we had that look of just um, we were annoyed. Um, I think we were excited about coming up, coming home, being over the, being uh, done with the road trip. And it just and we just immediately took it to them. And and uh, the Charlotte team that I watched play the Warriors, which is really the same Charlotte team that that played us. Uh, k had a few minutes, but was not doing great in that game either. And uh, and he sat this one, but I was shocked, you know, seeing them. I just was like, I don't know how this team is like 500, but uh, but we really put it to them, and it was pretty much over by the end of the first quarter.
0: So yeah, it was unbelievable. I think the story of the game for me was Dylan Brooks mm-hmm. and his efficiency. I mean, um, yeah. it's game like games like this when you see flashes of what Dylan could be, and I know again, it's a Charlotte team that's not very good. Um, he came out today. Firing and couldn't hit as many. And I think that's notable. But I think just his his efficiency in this game, and mm-hmm. I it, it led me to look up a few uh, stats here with Dylan on how he's doing so far through six games, or now seven that he's played, but this was uh, earlier today before the Wizards game. This is the first time, that he, so far in the season, has had an above-average effective field goal percentage, which is 55% in his career. Every year, it's been under league average. Uh, he is in the 91st percentile in uh, assist uh, assisted percentage from three, mm-hmm. which means how often was he assisted on his made threes, which I think is notable. It means he's not dribbling up and creating a, a bad three-point shot as much. He is waiting until he gets assisted And normally that's from a Ja Morant pass where Jaws attracted people in the paint. And Dylan is open for these threes, 91st percentile in the league on that. And then finally, his on off differential right now is a plus 11.4, which is 75th percentile. And so you're really seeing the impact Dylan has right now. Um, And if we do, I mean, at this point, our Dylan Brooks plus minus tracker is at a plus 38. 31 of those are from that Charlotte game. And so we have to qualify it that way. But, I mean, he fully contributed to that 31 point advantage.
1: And that, I mean, that was the Dylan game we want. Uh, I think he had one shot where he came back. He came back in, I think it was in the second quarter, and he hadn't gotten a shot in a while. And it was one of those, he got the ball and it was, you knew it was going up. And he took kind of one of those mid ranges that annoy us. But besides that, all of his shots were threes off passes, wide open threes off passes, and um, or standstill or taking it all the way to the basket. And I think if we can get Dylan being like that, I mean, it's not surprising that you were saying we have. I mean, that lineup uh, with Sante in. Uh, in that starting lineup, being the second best lineup in the league. I mean, that's yep. You know, that's a reality.
0: Yep. Twenty three points for Dylan in twenty two minutes. Right. So, and and to me, it allows guys like John Bain to actually rest actively yes. in a game. They yes. don't have to do everything for us offensively, right. especially when somebody else is hitting like that. And Dylan too is a guy who he does have the third highest usage on the team right now, which you would expect without Jaron in the lineup. But when you can match the efficiency with the usage, it's it makes life so much easier yes. for John Des. Yeah. Uh, what else did you see in that game of note? Anything else?
1: Nothing. Just, I mean, I think it was one of those classic, I mean that when we were, were dominating people and like going into the third quarter already up 20 um, last year when we went on that long stretch uh, like that, remind me of that, that just when we're playing hard on defense and we're hitting our shots, we're going to blow teams out, um, especially teams that aren't really good and, and, uh, and so that was kind of one of those classic blowout wins that I hope to see more of.
0: Absolutely. NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. With payouts bigger than ever... DraftKings Sportsbook is where the Grizz Den podcast goes to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Well, Earlier in the week, we had uh, our second of two late-night games, which was against the Port- Portland Trail Blazers. We we got the win, 111-106. to 106. This is another one that reminded me of the Wizards game tonight, yes, where you yes. feel as if the game is in hand, right. and then all of a sudden. It wasn't necessarily a team-wide effort to come back as, as the uh, Wizards were today. It was more of Anthony Simons just going off again. He has had yeah. some games where he has gotten right. hot, and this is without Damian Lillard. And um, yeah, it was just an interesting game. Did you did you stay up
1: for this one? I did. Oh, that's I always stay up for them. I'm a <laughs> night person. A, yep. But yeah, so so it was a good. I mean, that's you know, it is funny now you say that. It really is remind me of the Washington game boat because it was a game where we uh like the the Blazers game and the Wizards game at one point looked like the Charlotte game. We were yep. up big. We seemed to be cruising. Uh, we were dictating everything about the game. And then sort of, uh, I think with the Charlotte game, honestly, it might just be their lack of just firepower, that game, missing a lot of their players. Uh, but but we kind of, we just took our, our foot off the gas a little bit in that third quarter, combined with Anthony Simon Simon's just being awesome and being hot, but just let the team back in and had to kind of eke out a win.
0: Yeah, it was... It was frustrating in the moment um, to, to see it happen because you felt like um, you felt like there were just some defensive lapses. You felt like – I mean, Dylan was playing well on Simons, and uh, you felt like the, that matchup was, was good. But at the same time, this was just a tough, tough environment to play in. Portland's always loud. They're similar to Memphis in that this is the one pro team yep. in the city, and so you're always going to – and the Grizzlies are now at a point where um, – you know, they're a must-see ticket for anybody. And so, yeah. uh, you th- and Portland right now, again, is one of these teams that is playing above the sum of their parts. And I, so, overall, it was a game that you couldn't just gloss over. And um, I thought it was, you know, another just clutch performance, notably Desmond Bain, yes. you know, 20 points down the stretch. Uh, he hit all 10 of his free throws in the fourth quarter, no. uh, which was his personal record. And I thought that he primarily was the reason we right. took it home.
1: Yeah, and we and we had that great stretch, I think, at the, towards the end of the third quarter where we just got on that huge lead and, and had a bunch of scores in a row. And that was, again, like, that's what I'm wanting to see us go on those sort of, uh, you know, I think people got like two tsunami-type runs where it's a close game and then they look up and they're down 15. And we had that in the Blazers. Unfortunately, then they did it back to us right after we got up to yeah, them, exactly. up on them.
0: So um, And then finally, I mean... Utah, I said on our last podcast when we were previewing the Utah game that I didn't think they could, they could hit another nineteen threes, and they did exactly that. Yes. They hit nineteen threes yep. in both games against us, and we're zero two against Utah this season. Yes, and that just really hurts. Uh, from a just look, I know in in you know four months we're going to look back and just not believe our eyes when we see that that. Uh, but at the same time. This team is legitimately no, good. It's good, it's and it continues shocking. to be good. I wouldn't be surprised. We alluded to it earlier. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if they ended up beating the Clippers tonight and just right. kept out, kept their. I success. mean, I, I
1: mean, I'm I'm at the point as a just a league pass person. I'm gonna, you know, and I and we can get into another pod. My feelings. I don't like the tanking stuff for various culture reasons, but like I especially think it would just be a. I would be so mad if I was a Jazz fan right now. And they're going to break up this kind of what could end up being a really fun story because I do think, I mean, I, I told, I think this is at least a play in team if they didn't make any trades, if they didn't trade away good players. And obviously they need to probably do like They are looking towards the future, but I, you know, I, I just think they found something there and it's, it's really fun. They're a fun team to watch that five guys all can shoot the three. They pass it around. Well. Um, And I think, you know, it's been good. I think it, you know, I think it was good that we got our butt kicked because we've played really good defensively the next three games, and I think we needed that. But yeah, we couldn't keep them in front of us, and then they were just firing out for threes. It was, it was rough.
0: I mean, if the season is today, Larry Markinen has an argument to be on first team All BA. At worst, second team All BA yeah, in one no. of the forward spots. He is. I mean. In every possible metric, he has been unbelievable. Right.
1: It's funny, too, and because the Cavs have started off so well, nobody's talking about that trade oh, I that know. they just threw him in there.
0: Exactly. You know, nobody
1: even, like everybody was talking about Dom Mitchell in the draft picks. Nobody was talking about the Cavs gave away Lori Makinen, but.
0: The rare win-win because the Cavs are also playing yes. really really well yeah so
1: nobody's upset about it right now but it's just as interesting to look at how good he's doing and wonder you know maybe just the fact that, I mean it might just be a bad fit in that he was going to always he was going to always struggle to play a four or five with who the Cavs had but I mean it's as a stretch four or five he looks really really good
0: yeah and uh, he's he's I mean that team runs and he's mm-hmm. the perfect uh, running big if you're if you're looking to do that especially if you're. Not necessarily looking to win a title per se, but like if you're just wanting to be a really frisky team, so we'll we'll keep an eye on Utah. And
1: and another just, and I think this might, you know, and I think one thing that might matter to us going forward, uh, Conley continues to be kind of a Grizz killer since we traded him. Uh, He plays us really well, and uh, so I'm I'm hoping uh, when the Jazz do eventually trade him. Uh, that he goes to an East team. Send him East. Yes. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see Conley in the West in the playoffs uh, because I think he does – he understands, you know, and he still loves the Grizzlies, and I think when he retires, uh, he'll he'll be very much around the Grizzlies a lot. But I think he likes proving that, you know, that we gave him away too soon, you know, so. 100%. And
0: if you're – I mean, if you're in the Jazz front office, I mean, this is kind of an aside, but I don't know what I do right now i mean do you do you try to break this up as soon as possible i'm sure danny's calling the lakers every single day because those picks are incredibly valuable but i mean it's i don't know whether to trade them yesterday or to trade wait until february or what just to see if this is a a a classic just you know overperforming for a few games and then you know see what happens but conley has been playing awesome right
1: No, and it's it's interesting too, just because you know Danny Ainge is is about tanking and getting picks, but the Jazz organization have always been one that kind of played it out, and that's always just kind of liked to be good. So it'll be interesting to see that clash, and um, you know, uh, but also kind of what you're saying. I mean, I think I think later in the season when some teams are out of it and we go on the road, those big crowds that are there to see us to see Jaw, um, I think will be more of an advantage. Maybe some more more Jaw. Uh, more people wearing jaw jerseys in the crowd and stuff, but I think for right now, when we go places like Utah and Portland and other places away that have good home crowds, uh, I think they're going to almost always be sold out, and so that that could be like, it could be an interesting disadvantage for us. I think early Definitely. in some places. So,
0: all right, well, let's get into this week's game, and we'll uh, of course start this segment by playing the game that is sweeping the nation. <laughs> Guess who? All right, Kraft. I've got a guess who for you. And note that this was uh, formed prior to tonight's game. Okay? So, um, prior to the game against the Washington Wizards, this player was tied with Desmond Bain for the fourth most three-pointers made so far this season. Guess who? <sighs> um just to give our audience some context we yes. are playing the celtics tomorrow night we're playing the spurs on wednesday night and we are playing the timberwolves on friday night those are the three teams uh that make up the players that could be in this guess who oh i'm pretty i'm i'm feeling like i'm feeling good
1: here um is it is it devin Vassell? It is
0: not, but it is the other spur who is looking it really good. Keldon Johnson. Kelden Johnson. Okay. I knew it was one of the two of them. Yes. They so. both have been playing really, really well, well. But yes. Keldon Johnson yep. has been on fire from okay. three. He's been taking a lot and he has been making a lot. So uh we can get into we can get into the games. Let's start, yeah. even though we uh, that was about a Spurs player. Let's yes. start with the Celtics because okay. they're tomorrow. If you're yes. listening to this uh, tomorrow afternoon, this game is happening in a few hours. A few uh, hours,
1: yeah. It's a later game. You know, the uh, one uh, one interesting, yeah. Just with that, the weird plug. The, the NBA is not playing any games on Tuesday because of the election, um, something that they agreed to with the players union, um, but they are playing all 50, all 30 teams are playing tomorrow and they're starting, they're staggering the start. So a new, a different NBA game starts every 15 minutes. And for tomorrow, for anybody, League Pass is free if you go to NBA.com Absolutely or on the note. app. Yeah, so just uh, you know, if you're listening to this pod, watch some NBA tomorrow night. Um, I think I don't think the Monday night football game is that good tomorrow. Maybe uh, maybe I, maybe it is, but. Uh, a lot of good NBA games, and so because of that, the Grizzlies are weirdly starting the game at eight. Um, and I've been told not uh, for those going to the game, not not eight ten like normal, but actually eight. They're going to be starting. Oh, interesting. Uh, you know, so Boston obviously went to finals last year. I think since playing the Mavs, this is the first real uh, chance for us to play another excellent team, a team with expectations of doing something. And it'll be very interesting. Um, unfortunately, it looks like we might not have Steven Adams. I'm guessing, uh, but who knows? Because Adams seems to never want to sit out. Uh, but uh, what's interesting is is I you know I haven't checked. I don't know if they're fully healthy. Uh, they've pretty much been mostly they are fully healthy, healthy they except fully hit, for wa- Robert Williams. Except for Robert Williams. So who's going to be out for a while? Um, and so it's going to be interesting because they play sort of that small ball. Um, You know, five out a lot of the time, uh, which unfortunately, both the Jazz and the Mavs, uh, you know, did a lot of damage to us. They're also a very good defensive team, Uh, but it'll just be so be an interesting game. We're on a back to back. This is one of those games that is a good barometer. I'm not uh, honestly, I'm not going in with extremely high hopes. I think if we had Jaron. I think I would be looking for us to beat a team like Boston at home, um, even on a back-to-back, but uh, it should be interesting. I do think we'll be competitive. I do think a little bit of today's energy was that we're looking ahead to this game uh, tomorrow night. So,
0: Yeah, and the Celtics, just to give you uh, a reference, are 6-3 and three, um, as of tonight. They're second in offensive rating. And surprisingly, they are 23rd in defensive rating, so 8th in net rating. And that's that's the key here is they have start, they have really beaten teams by outscoring them so far this mm-hmm. season. And it's been less of their um, stalwart defense that, right. uh, you know, of course, Robert Williams plays a huge role in. And so yeah. I think that it's going to be a high-scoring basketball game. Yeah. Uh, I would take the over Yeah, <laughs> uh, for this game. I think it's going to be up and down. We're two for two so far. Yeah, maybe overs. maybe
1: it'll have a similar to the, I think the funnest game of the regular season on a Monday night, the Nets game. Yep. Maybe this will be another one of those, and that would be a lot of fun. Because
0: there's a big four, uh, too. I mean, yeah. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, John Morant, Desmond Bain, four yes. guys that can really score. No,
1: definitely. Definitely. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it should be really fun, and it's a good test. Uh, we've been playing a lot of teams Uh, that aren't expecting to uh, to do big things this year this is a team that is title or nothing and uh, so it'll be a good a good test for us even though you know we're down a few players we might not even have uh, our starting front court uh, tomorrow uh, that but we'll see so uh, but I'm looking forward to it it's a great chance to play a great team
0: absolutely Uh, we have the Spurs on Wednesday night the Spurs are 21st in offensive rating 29th in defensive rating, they're 28th in net rating, and they are sitting actually at five and five. They mm-hmm. had a surprising start uh, to the end of the season, or to the beginning of the season, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, started really hot, and they have some guys, some young guys, uh, notably Keldon Johnson, which we referenced earlier, and Devin Vassell, who have been putting up uh, really good numbers. And Jakob mm-hmm. Purtle is a great defensive center, and um, I'm hoping we get. Some more jaw dunks on Jakob Purtle. I don't know what's going to happen. He always seems to find his way uh, into those situations. But despite that, he is good defensively. Yep. And Trey Jones and Tyus Jones will be uh, sparring for yes. probably the first time um, in significant minutes because Trey right. Jones has been playing uh, the the third point guard role for a few years now and is now going to be starting. Yeah,
1: he's the starter.
0: Yeah, this to me, I think the Spurs are like a poor man's version of the
1: Jazz um, that they, they play a similar style, they play well, they do all the right things. Um, I think their talent is a little bit under, underneath, uh, especially on their bench, the Jazz, whereas the Jazz, I think, has eight nine like legitimate NBA players the Spurs have more like three four legitimate um, but like especially depending on the Adams injury I mean Pearl is very good uh, very good at rebounding very good screen assist he's an under very underrated player Um, I'm very nervous that one of our rivals is going to get him in a trade at some point this year Uh, and so I would just say that it's one of those things where we should win this game but we need to come out um you know we can't come out and take them lightly or they will beat us because they will execute well uh they can win they've beaten they've beaten a lot of teams uh good teams already this year um so they're very similar to jazz but i think if we come out and take them seriously i think i think it could be a good professional win for
0: us if we didn't already have brandon clark i would have wanted the grizzlies to find a way to get jeremy sohan because Mm -hmm. he has been an awesome rookie to watch he does Just about all the little things, like Brandon Clark does yeah. too. He's very efficient around the rim. Um, he has a little bit better looking of a shot, but like still, he can't stretch the floor very much. But he's there for energy. You're going to hate him when you're playing against him, just because he's, he's going to do all the oh. all the little things to gain advantages. Um, I hope it's not an interesting game. Yes. I hope that we don't get too beat up against the Celtics and we come out and play well. And yeah, the 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 Adams injury potential is going to be a really big mm-hmm. uh, part of this Spurs game I think. Yeah. So because um, I th-
1: I think I think Pearl could really hurt us on the boards against a Tillman or a Clark. I mean, I think that would be that would be rough and it just, you know, and a lot of it is if if Vassell and uh this Vassell and and Johnson are hitting their threes. I mean, they're they're a good team, you know, and yeah. so
0: I think it's a team we have to take seriously but a team we should beat. It should be a professional win. Yes. Um and then the most interesting game <laughs> uh, to me of the week, even with the Celtics matchup tomorrow night, is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Friday night, 8.30 p.m., home game. I'll be attending. Are you going to go to the game this Friday? Uh, it's you know? yet to be determined. Yet to be
1: determined. Well, so, it's I, the
0: first time that we're going to see the Timberwolves after the playoff uh, series mm-hmm. against them last year, which was just a knockdown down drag-out fight. They added one of the most hated... Uh, Grizz <laughs> figures and Rudy Gobert, who we had a playoff series against the year before that, and so you kind of combine all of these evils. I, I think into the one most
1: this, this, I think the most hated Grizzlies front court. I mean, I know that we weren't fans of Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan,
0: but I, go the combo of Gobert and Cat. I think might be more. It's bad. More hated. It's bad. The Tim Rules right now are five and five. They're sitting at nineteenth in offensive rating, eighth in defensive rating, eleventh in net rating, and so. There, there are some bad vibes right now mm-hmm. coming out of uh, of Minnesota. You want to share the tweet that you sent us? Yeah.
1: Earlier? So, uh, so earlier tonight, there was a weird, uh, um, uh, the oh, the the Dunker Spot podcast. They were sent. They sent out a tweet about uh, showing a play from last night against the Rockets uh, that very much looks like a uh, a play designed for Anthony Edwards to come off a screen for a shot where Kyle Anderson. Um, which we can talk about seeing Kyle again in a minute, but uh, where Kyle Anderson was supposed to pass Anthony Edwards. And Anthony Edwards just kind of sits there with his um, <laughs> arms on his hips, kind of doing nothing, and then they end up running kind of um, – and so then the, the screener actually just rolls the basket, and then somebody else rolls, and they do something else. But Anthony Edwards is just kind of sitting there. And that's coming off um, you know, multiple interviews now where Anthony Edwards is talking about – uh, not, you know, because, you know, famously has not, like, dunked it this year and has not uh, thrown, I think, an assist to go bear. And so people are talking about this and him talking about how he, he can't really get into the paint anymore because there's so many bodies in there. And you're having Kat talk about Anthony Edwards being out of shape and eating too much Popeye's chicken. It is It is weird, weird
0: vibes. It's very weird coming out of Minnesota. I mean, Anthony Edwards is the guy – that after last year's playoffs, I think everyone saw the potential of what he could bring. And and honestly, there was talk of, you know, we need to start making this Anthony Edwards team and not Carl Anthony Towns. Like, it would Mm -hmm. almost be be better if we ran things through Ant. And then they make this huge trade to obviously shore up a defense that was struggling. When you have Cat as your main rim protector he's more of an offensive threat and he's elite at what he does offensively we can talk about the intangibles but um it's it's thrown this offense out of whack yeah. they don't necessarily know what they're doing d'angelo russell is completely hot and cold depending on the night and they also sacrifice a lot of their depth. Yeah. i mean jared vanderbilt has been uh, playing really good minutes for them he he helped the defense more than he heard it last Mm -hmm. year for them. And he, you can see how well he's been playing for the jazz, Patrick Beverly, say what you will about his on court effectiveness. You could tell that he meant something uh, to that team, gave them an edge. He's not there anymore. Kyle Anderson, you bring in um, with a mid-level exception, and I think that Mm -hmm. probably was a good move for the Timberwolves Mm -hmm. to get at least some steadiness. But at the same time, you know the offense is what's struggling right now for the Timberwolves, and it's not something that Kyle is necessarily (laughs) going to help. Kyle plus Gobert uh,
1: is not one that does not make the paint open up. No spacing,
0: so you don't have a lot of depth. And I like Jade McDaniel's there, um, just as a low usage can hit a corner three every once in a while, but. Um. Yeah. Just and bad mis- vibes. Yeah. Well. And hey, we watched
1: Malik Beasley kill us on the Jazz. There you go. Back there's to back. One. There's two. There's a guy who killed us
0: in the two Jazz games. He's not there in
1: Minnesota anymore
0: either. All that to say, we're catching the Timberwolves. To me, at a very good time. They're still mm-hmm. figuring things out. I like Finch as a coach. Like he is probably the main reason why I feel like they they might figure something out uh, mm-hmm. as the season goes on. But there has to be a reorientation on that team, and it hasn't happened yet. And so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be on ESPN. It's a late-night game. So, I mean, everybody coming into the arena will probably have been out on Beale Street for a couple hours beforehand. Um, I think it's going to be raucous because there's – I mean, the Celtics game is going to be fun. fun. Granted, it's a Monday night Eastern Conference opponent that we only see once. The Timberwolves we've seen a lot of. And I think there's still some remaining emotions that oh, need to and, be uh, fleshed and,
1: out. And they're all, like, I mean, even, like, one of the best regular season games last year was early in the year against the T-Wolves, an overtime game where we came back from a big deficit, shocking, oh, yeah, oh, already, <laughs> showing what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, obviously all the playoff matchups and, you know, the, the fun part will be, even if we get down early, you know, there's going to be, uh, everybody's going to be expecting us to come back and, yeah, just, it should be a great game, good candidate for probably, you uh, game, I'm looking forward to the most uh, in the early season. I don't, I think I really have a lot of anticipation for this one. Absolutely. Be fun.
0: We bought ticket. we don't have season tickets or anything, and we bought this, I mean, a couple weeks ago, just knowing how, how yeah. big of a game this is going to be, especially if the Grizzlies are coming off a couple of good wins mm-hmm. uh, throughout the week. Uh, it'll be a great way to recap, and we'll, we'll, we'll bring you our reactions to that on the next edition of Weekend Update. Any final thoughts, John, before we sign off?
1: Uh, well, we have to... Uh, I was going to say we're going to talk about our...
0: our 10-game oh, uh, 10 10 game predictions. 10-game predictions. That's right. Yes. Oh That's the gosh. one thing. So we had to reschedule this podcast from initially when we were going to record. And now that we rescheduled it, it brings our 10-game prediction uh, into the mix. We both, John, said seven and three uh, were our predictions for the first 10 games. What do you know? Seven That's and three. Pretty good. <laughs> a broken clock is right twice yes. a day. Yes. Well, the, and
1: the funny part is, and I think we think we... Uh, you know, we probably should have beaten the Jazz once. So, yep. in some ways, I, I feel like we probably should have been eight and two. The crazy thing is, if you had told me when we made our 7 3 prediction that Zaire would be out completely, that we would lose Jaw for a game, Bane for a game, uh, you know, Laravia would be gone for a couple of days with the flu. Uh, I would I would have definitely said five and five, six and four. So in that sense, you know, despite the frustration with losing to the Jazz, I think with our health and where we are, I think being seven and three, and then just seeing the parity of the rest of the league, I think that's that's it's
0: very good that we went seven and three, I think. Next ten games, Celtics, Spurs, and Timberwolves, as we've talked about. Past that, we have the Wizards again. We have the Pelicans in New Orleans. We have the Thunder at home, Brooklyn, uh, in Brooklyn and then the Kings. Who knows what they're gonna look like. <laughs> <laughs> then we have the Kings at home on November twenty second. And let me let me make sure I haven't gone o- over. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then one more. We have the Pelicans at home on November the twenty fifth, day after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. to recap. Celtic Spurs, Timberwolves, Wizards, Pelicans, Thunder, Nets, Kings, Pelicans. Is that it? Or do no, we have, we one, have more? one more? And then at the Knicks on November twenty seventh. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot count tonight. So. Okay. Against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden on November twenty seventh. You want to go first you want me to? Um I can't remember did you go first last I time? I went first. Okay, last I'll time. go first this time. Okay. I'm gonna run it back. I'm going seven and three again.
1: For <laughs> oh, so boring, I'm doing the same no thing. What? Seven and three. Uh and uh you know, and that's, and honestly, that seven and three is is counting tomorrow as a loss. So I hope that I'm wrong. Yep. Uh, but, but that's, uh, you know, I think playing the Pels twice, uh, I'm definitely expecting to lose one of those. And then the third loss is just, you know, the, the schedule. You just don't win that many games in the NBA. So,
0: now, I mean, We are on the same page. Yeah, I think Uh, so.
1: We've both been Grizzlies fans for too long.
0: It's true. Uh, We know that we're going to drop one against the Pelicans. We could drop two, which is why I bumped it up to to three. And I I feel very confident about just about every other game. The Wizards with Beal... Just because they've had some success Mm -hmm. early on. And then. um, And the
1: weird Sunday start. It's just always a weird. The
0: weird Sunday start. And then having the the Kings at home. I feel better about that one. But you never know. I mean, the Grizzlies will find a way to make either the Spurs or the Nets game closer than it should be. Or the Timberwolves, honestly. Like that could be the one, unfortunately, because Ant or Cat could get hot um but yeah seven and three is the prediction we will recap this in 10 games see where we landed and then we'll have another one for you later on any final thoughts no
1: i'm just again it's it's fun to be here it's fun to recap four games i thought they were good i think i'm i've been very encouraged by the grizzlies um offensively and i think this week was encouraging with how we're starting to look like ourselves defensively a little bit and so Uh, And and I think that the stat, honestly, your stat that jumped out to me the biggest, which was we had the second best lineup, and that is without Jaron Jackson in it. Um, And I think I would think that it's safe to say if we
0: substitute Jaron for Santi, uh, that lineup's going to get better. So here's to Jaron coming back within the next 10 games. That that would would be that would be amazing. That would be a great Thanksgiving present uh, for both of us. All right. Email the show if you have anything you want to add, grizdenpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter uh, either personally or you could follow the podcast on Twitter or Instagram. Just search at grizden and you should be able to find us. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Weekend Update. We will be back with you next weekend.